Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final Rumcast episode. Not ever. I held you in suspense just there. Not ever, but the final episode of 2021. We've made it. John, we made it. It's we made 2022. it. Awesome, Thank right? goodness. Yeah, oh, yes. Well, what a it's year. Been, it's been quite a year, and uh, we did this last year. We did a little year in review episode at the end to kind of run back through our favorites, not not only just some looking back, reflecting on the podcast, but also talking about the fun stuff, our favorite rums that we tried at the year. We put together some categories and stuff like that. So I know we're going to get to that in a little bit, but before we do that, I, you've got some fun kind of stats and a little surprise, I think, to share, not only with the, the <laughs> listeners, but with me as well. I'm nervous about this. Well, I, I, yeah. what, what's up over there? I can't wait to share the surprise. Um, but before we get to that, as you said, I, I think maybe uh, a little year in review statistics might be fun for for listeners and and for us to kind of look back on this year with all that had happened and all that we did and uh, kind of put a little bow on it. You might yeah. say. We'll start with this. Well, Will, I listened back to our year in review episode last year, actually, just in in preparation, of course. And uh, you called it. You said in 2021. We were going to step up our game. Oh, yeah. Did I say yeah, that? You did. You said we were going to do better and do more. And that's exactly what we did. So I don't know about you. I felt pressure to live up to that. You, you put <laughs> us up to that. And so I was like, well, we got to come through now. So the good news is we completed our mission. And as everybody who listens to this, uh, you know that we, we definitely had more content in 2021 than we did in 2020 for sure. Uh, I think it was we had 17 episodes in 2020. We were up to 26, 27, counting this one. So pretty cool stuff in terms of our ability to follow through. I know it was a lot, but I hope that you all enjoyed as much of that content as we did well, and, and producing it. Yeah, You know what I'm about to say, right? Oh, no. I, I, think, we oh, might no. Need, I think we might need to not only step it up, but I dare I say like double that in 2022? Oh I don't know. I, I may I be getting know. ahead of myself, but I, I think that it would be fun. That is a tall order, sir. <laughs> And we would need a lot of help to do that. So we will we will have to seek said help if, if we're going to get to that goal, because that is that is a lofty goal there, sir. Hey, um, you know, I, I've got high standards. What can I say? I, I believe in us, John. I don't know about you, but I do. I, I, I do as well. I believe in us. A couple other quick stats from from this year. The longest episode. Do you remember which one the longest episode was this year? I'm going to guess that that was, was it? Crystal Harris's episode. It was Hampton. Yes, you, yes. you, you got right. it right. Uh, clocking in at two hours and one minute, making her the all-time record holder for <laughs> yeah. the Rumcast nice. at this point. Uh, we'll have to send out, out a, uh, yeah. an, an imaginary plaque or something like that. <laughs> We are. We, it's on the way. It's imaginarily <laughs> shipping right now, Christelle. So if you're listening to this, uh, you will imaginarily get it very soon. We use only the best and the quickest. Total time. So we had those 27, well, 26 episodes, not counting this one. So I'm not going to count this one. But total time spent on the Rumcast in 2021. Do you venture a guess, Mr. Will Hookinga? Oh, I'm going to say, what, 26 episodes? So... Yeah. As a uh, reminder, in 2020, it was 16 hours and 52 minutes in total. Oh, okay. So, I'm going to so say like 40, 40 hours. You, you're pretty close. So I give you credit for that on just figuring out the, the quick doubling. Uh, it was 2,129 minutes, which totaled up to 35 hours and 29 minutes, which All is right. more than double. All right. Uh, that's pretty good. That's, that's a lot of that's rum. A solid that's a lot day of rum and talk, right? Talking about rum. <laughs> 
Um, probably the most exciting thing for us and uh, to share with you all is that in doing so, I think uh, we, we also found bigger audiences, which is awesome for rum, I think, uh, considering this is just a rum-specific podcast yeah. to see that uh, we're, we're now at over 3,000 per month on average in terms of listeners. So going back to last year, we were at about 1,000 per month. Yeah. So tripling an audience is, is pretty awesome. And I, I know we did get some feedback last year that people liked hearing about where their listeners are or where listeners are. So I have a little bit of data on that to share too. Okay. So we'll talk about biggest areas or countries. Of course, the US is still going to be number one. We're predominantly about two thirds of our audience is the US. But the UK did come in at number two with a strong performance and on Australia in number three. Australia so, at number three. Wow. Yes. Uh, still, because right. that was the same last year. Those are the same three or- orders of last year. But we did see that there was some difference in terms of the uh, elevated audiences in other places other than the U.S. Okay. Uh, Denmark and Canada came in at four and five, respectively. Right. In the U.S. now, inside the U.S., last year, as a reminder, Florida was number one, California was number two, Texas was number three, and New York was just inching in after that at, at number four. For 2021, however... Do we have a shake-up shake in There's the top a shake three? Up. Yes. And you might imagine, I'm not as pleased about this because Ooh, Florida got Florida knocked off. They did. They got No, they didn't take a tumble. They got knocked off the number one spot. Okay. California is the new number one. All right. So California took it over by about, oh, it was the eking it out by like 40 or 50. Uh, total West Coast lessons. takeover. Yep. So Florida was number two and Texas was once again number three. Uh, New York and Massachusetts coming in at four and five, respectively. So we've got listeners everywhere. Uh, By the way, I will say a shout out to New York City for being the top city for listenership. City that never sleeps. Never sleeps on the Rumcast either. Yeah. So yeah, that that was uh, just where where a little bit of listenership is coming from. In, In 2020, we had 47 total countries that were involved. 97 97 all right. 97 so that's also pretty cool to see as we expand in it i think if there's one thing that you you said you wanted to do something in 2022 well i want to do something too all right i want to get more audience that is not based in the u.s not that we're doing anything wrong here hey we love our u.s listeners and obviously we have a, a u.s perspective but rum is a worldwide spirit absolutely and so we want to continue to find people around the globe who are interested, and I want us to try to find interviews and interesting things happening in other places outside the U.S. that hopefully we can get. We need uh, to get a little more international over here, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was uh, a little bit of uh, some statistics from this year that uh, I thought was really cool and and fun to share. So now that we've got uh, that out of the way, though, Will, I guess it's time for the surprise. I'm a little frightened by this. Tell, tell, tell people, kind of build it up a little for them. All right. Well, first of all, it's, it's a shade late uh, in terms of would have, would have liked to have had this on the last episode. But I also feel like Richard Seal, since he was the interview in that episode, would have been like, what, uh, if that was in his <laughs> intro? So <laughs> this is making me even more afraid. So, uh, so I, we figured, you know what, even though it's a Christmas-related thing and Christmas is now uh, in our rearview window, it's still the holiday season. We're still, we still yeah, I yeah. mean, this is going to come out on uh, New Year's Eve, so we're still right in that little window of acceptability, you know? Yes. So You're not getting shamed yet for still having your Christmas tree up. <laughs> right. 
So last year we did the rapid fire supercut, which was fun, but I wanted to shake it up this year and just do something completely and totally different. All right. So I I called upon my previous life skills of doing some uh, some musical recordings, and I don't, I don't the... know if, I don't know if our audience knows this about you necessarily <laughs> that you have this musical past. The less they know, the better. Well, you're about uh, to no. know a whole lot about it, apparently, because <laughs> you, you've chosen to put your, your skills on display for, for everyone all around the world. All those 97 countries you just mentioned, you're about to get on stage with the bright oh, spotlight gosh. shining down on you, just sweating in front of everyone. I'm not one to shy away from a spotlight, Will. That's not a problem for me. But what is a problem is this was more of uh, what I would call a fun project than trying to really make it sound super great. So okay. hopefully people don't judge too hard on the uh, the, the vocal performance here. But uh, but this is uh, this is essentially a Christmas rum song. I figured there wasn't really enough Christmas songs that involved rum. Yeah. And, and so we needed you know one that was rum specific or rum focused Christmas song. So this is my take on the 12 days of Christmas, uh, <laughs> oh but the 12 days of a rum Christmas. Is this, is this as long as the usual 12 days of Christmas is? Every single beat, Will. <laughs> Every single one. Because I haven't shared this with you before, but 12 days of Christmas might not only be my least favorite Christmas song, <laughs> but it might be my least favorite overall song of all time. I, when it oh. comes on, oh, yeah. in the, the when the holidays are in full swing and that song comes on shuffle on the playlist or whatever <laughs> radio station I'm going, it's like an instant skip. So maybe this can be the version that wins me over to the 12 days of Christmas. If there was ever a version that would be more endearing to you, Will, it's this version. So uh, I will give you that. That said, uh, undoubtedly, it is uh, annoying because uh, that's just part of the song. You know, that's that Wait, is... you're you're really you're really uh, setting the expectations high for this. <laughs> I, I figure people will listen to this once and then be done with it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm with that ringing endorsement. I'm glad that we're sticking it right on the front of our episode here. Let's do it, you know, and and get their opinions afterwards. How about that? We let them be the judge. I'm holding my breath. Let's go. All righty. Here we go. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Two four-square rums and a sipping glass under the tree On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Three single blends, two four-square rums and a neat sipping glass under the tree On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Four agricoles, three single blends, two four-square rums And a neat sipping glass under the tree On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Five rayantings Four agricoles, three single blends, two four-square rums, and a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six barrels aging, five rayantines. Four agricoles, three single blends, two four-square rums, and a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Seven simple syrups, six barrels aging Five rayantines 
four agricoles, three single blends, two four square rums, and a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight vats fermenting, seven simple syrups, six barrels aging, five rayantines. Four agricoles, three single blends, two four square rums, and a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine blenders blending, eight vats fermenting, seven simple syrups, six barrels aging, five rayantines. Four agricoles, three single blends, two four square rums, and a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten bitters dashing, nine blenders blending, eight vats fermenting, seven simple syrups, six barrels aging, five rayantines. Four agricoles, three single blends, two four square rums, and a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven stills distilling, ten bitters dashing, nine blenders blending, eight vats fermenting, seven simple syrups, six barrels aging, five rayantines. Four agricoles, three single blends, two four square rums, and a neat sipping glass under the tree. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Everyone sing! Twelve limes are squeezing, eleven stills are stilling, ten bitters dashing, nine blenders blending, eight vats fermenting, seven simple syrups, six barrels aging. Five rayantines Four agricoles, three single blends, two four square rums And a neat sipping glass under the tree And there you go Oh my god <laughs> um, Okay, so that is the first version of the 12 Days of Christmas that I've ever listened to with rapt anticipation of what was going to come next. I That's think, a nice Christmas was, pun as well. <laughs> was that was that you doing all the harmonies for oh, yeah. Five Ray and Tings? It is a single project, uh, yes. That is all, all of me. I loved uh, it. I also, I, full I think commitment. Every time you got to simple syrups, the pronunciation of that made me laugh every single time. Was, I don't even know. What did I do? Did I sir- syrups? Syrups? It was, it was just very much, you know, when most people say it, they're like syrup, you know, and it yeah, was very yeah. syrup, you know. Uh, I think it was it, nice. It was a nice touch. I liked it. Yeah, it just, that, you know, it made me chuckle a little bit. Hopefully it made a lot of people chuckle and it was uh, it was fun to do and, and my brain works in mysterious ways and I could not get that out of my head. Uh, Which until one I, did I you think down. of first? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Uh, the one that set me off from it being just like something that was like, heh, a funny thing to mm-hmm. like, I need to actually do this was agricoles. 
for because uh, it just agricoles. four agricoles just worked <laughs> and and then i had some other stuff and then two four square rums just worked uh as well so that's, at that point i was committed the, the tab that your true love ran up by the way between all that stuff you know <laughs> it is true that's a special someone if you find that person out there that's going to give you all that that's right also i did you drink all five of the ray and tings at once right before i recorded it okay <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking of statistics by the way do you have total number of tracks recorded for that uh how many vocal tracks see uh so i think i did probably about nine six or seven nine nine. yeah eight or nine oh you're like freddie mercury over here (laughs) that was it the wall of sound (laughs) i was that's exactly what i was doing yeah no it was a fun project to do and like i said hopefully uh people will listen to it once or twice and laugh and and be done with it because yeah it does uh after hearing it the 19th time now (laughs) i'm ready to put that away (laughs) Well, it was certainly an enjoyable experience for me. You won me back over temporarily, at least, to the 12 12 days of Christmas. That was my secret goal. Mission accomplished in that regard. Um, Well, with with all that said, should we get on to our favorite rums of 2021? Hell yeah. It was a fun thing to do. And I I, I enjoy uh, looking back and, and going through all the experiences this year in the guise of talking about all of our rums that we loved this uh, this year. So, yeah, let's let's get on to it and, and let people hear what our favorites were. I'm looking forward to hearing other people's opinions on our takes this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Let's get to it. Finally, that time. It's the time for us to talk about our favorite rums of 2021. You could say it's the final countdown. <laughs> nice. Let's, um, let's get the let's get the licensing for that song so we can overlay it right there. If I just like hum it, would that would that be a, <laughs> Maybe, a royalty? It if might. I can do... Are we going to get charged for that? You think? I don't know. That the algorithms might pick that up. Best to avoid it. Oh, uh, good point. Okay, we'll have to bleep that out. So what we're doing here is we have mutually agreed upon some categories that we wanted to look back through this year, 2021, and figure out what were our standouts, I guess you would say, in our opinion, in our subjective viewpoint, you might right. say. And it's important for us to to remind uh, listeners and everybody that this is not any way us uh, trying to say these are, are are the best and should be the best. It's really just what we think, in our opinion, we enjoyed or were some way we remembered from this year. I, I try to think of it as like when I look back at the year in, in these categories, what are the mm-hmm. rums that I think I'm most going to remember or associate with this year? And obviously, there's some measure of subjective quality in there. I think all of these rums are fantastic, and I might prefer them to other rums I have this year. But yeah, it's really more of a, man, when I think about this year, these were some of my favorite 
runs yeah. that I had in these in these various categories. Did you have any difficulties putting this list together this year, or was it pretty easy for you for the most part? I think most of these actually I kind of settled pretty quickly on what I thought, but yeah, some yeah. of them I had to noodle on a little bit more. I think things like overall rum, yeah, the the best aged rum categories or not best favorite. Yeah, sorry. Well, well let's go ahead and, and list uh, so everyone knows. Maybe uh, we have some people who didn't listen to last year's. So we are running cat- back the the yeah. same categories. I think. Yeah, our our categories are unaged rum, lightly aged which is we're determining as four years or less. That's just our own way of thinking about it. And then aged rum category, which would be four years or more. We then have a new to me category, which would mean it's something that may be existing for a while, but that we didn't get a chance to get to until 2021. Then there's a a value pick, a value rum pick, a most surprising. And then, of course, the the coup de gras, the overall <laughs> winner, or well, it's not a winner, the overall favorite rum of, of 2021 for us. So those are our, our rum categories. And then, of course, not to be outdone, we have our podcast favorites as well. So our we favorite a few podcast categories. Yeah, it's most surprising and, and some other things. So, all right. So uh, now that we've, we've set this up, we should also mention, of course, that, uh, Will, your, your picks, I don't know them. And right. you don't know mine. So last year was a crazy year where we ended up picking the same overall favorite of the year. Yep. I am I am hoping <laughs> and praying that you did not pick mine this year because I spent a year frustrated and upset that you picked mine in 2020. So Every time we, we spoke, it was awkward for the entire year, <laughs> all because of that. So hopefully we will right that wrong this year, and uh, will I will get to pick on you for your overall pick, which will not be as good as mine. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Uh, but I, I guess do we want to start with unaged? We should start with unaged. I think yes. Okay. So well, you go. You, yes, you jump in this time. All right. So I think when I think about the unaged rums I had this year, and I had some really good ones, but there's one that really just stands out to me that I think I'm going to associate with 2021 for a long okay. time. And okay. interestingly, this is I try for most of these categories to pick something that either came out this year for the first time or became available in Agree. our US market for the, exactly like, what widely I did. for the mm-hmm. first time. Yep. And this rum falls into that category. So this is not a new rum but it became a lot more widely distributed in the U.S. this year for the first time. And okay. this is the Rivers Royal Grenadian uh, from Rivers Antoine. In so Grenada. glad I didn't pick that one. Yeah, I figured, uh, I figured it was at least a candidate for you. But uh, yes. it, and it's, it's funny, again, calling this like, you know, it's not a new rum. It's been made for a long time. And mm-hmm. part of what's so notable about it is that it is not made at all like the vast majority of rums out there. It's made in a very old style of making rum. Yeah, pretty fascinating. Yeah, basically made the same way like it would have been made well over 100 years ago. So this is locally grown sugar cane. Uh, It's crushed using a water wheel, which I have to see someday. (laughs) All natural wild fermentation, no added yeast, not aged, not filtered, bottled at 69% so that it's easier to get on planes. And yeah, like there's just, there's, it, it's, 
there's nothing I can say about this run that hasn't been said already, and I think other people have probably said it better. So I'd, I'd actually recommend reading Lance from the Lone Caners article about this rum, which he wrote for his Key Rums of the World series, because yes, this is a Key Rum, but I think it's kind of everything you would expect from the description I just gave of how it's made. I yeah. mean, all natural fermentation, cane juice, pot distilled. So this is a big, beefy, punchy, pungent rum, and then like add a little extra on top of that. So <laughs> it's it's not a try it once kind of rum. Right. Uh, I think for, for most people, it, it probably isn't an everyday sipper kind of rum, but it's one of those go back to it again and again and find something new kind of rum and it's just it's a unique rum and i will remember it from this year for a long time for sure yeah i think you're right this this came out into a lot of uh, the u.s market this year for the first time ever and uh, i think it it made a huge splash uh, yeah. when it did that even though it, like you said it's been around forever just not really available and to the point where where it is now today and uh, yeah, I totally agree it is absolutely a memorable unaged rum and I absolutely considered it so and also I will say I absolutely love the bottle and the label even though I know that guys <laughs> and gals like you probably don't like it at all um, I've seen better. <laughs> <laughs> I love this label. I love it. It's great. I love everything about it. I, I, I think it's fine. It, it it certainly has character. I want uh, I want um I want a like a, a, a poster that I can frame of wow. the artwork from you the really label. Really like it. Okay. Yeah. It's great. All right. It's perfect. Uh, and I'm sure it has its fans out there. Uh, for me, I, I don't know. There's something about it that's not quite my style or taste for it in terms of the just we're just talking about the art for the label now. I love the rum. But yeah, I mean, like I hey, said, that's, I just I, I knew I knew you wouldn't be able to appreciate it. It's just, you know, I guess, this is one of the, yeah, the, the differences about us. I'm blind to it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I much prefer the label on my pick. Okay, well, what uh, is your unaged. pick? Go ahead. So, my pick for unaged this year, and as you mentioned, I think this might have been available in some markets prior to 2021, but for me, it showed up on the shelf for the first time here in early 2021, and I have enjoyed it so much throughout this year I that I, I, I just I, I couldn't uh, not have it uh, in, in this slot. So, this is, and I, I think it's going to surprise you, Will. I, I don't think you're going to get it, but okay. you let me know. Uh, this is the... Uruapan Sharanda Blanco Single Wait. Agricole Rum. Wait a second. Okay, this is not yes. what I thought it was. Wait, is is this the cane juice one? It is the cane juice one. Yes. Okay, because so, last year I picked yeah. the fifty fifty in the blue bottle you did. from Uruapan. You did. I know. And, and I was th- I, I I tried that one and was like, okay, you know, I like it. It's good. But this one knocked my socks off. Mm. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways, this was the year I grew up and started liking cane juice rums uh, Mm. a a lot more. And so it does say Agricola on the label. So I just I said that earlier. Single single Agricola rum is what they have on the label. (laughs) They actually have it in quotations rum. But uh, it it is uh, a cane juice, 100 percent cane juice distilled in Mexico on a wood fired copper pot still. And it is fan freaking tastic this is in uh, michoacan right Am yes i, I believe correctly? so 
I think I think that's right. So it's it's just it's got a a, a sweet but briny kind of thing going on, mm-hmm. which really balances it for me. It's herbaceous yeah. in a way that I haven't really found in rums that are uh, unaged like this. I'm really enjoying unaged rums a lot more now, and and this is one that's just a standout for me. And the label, beautiful, love. It's got the uh, the like dark blue and old school like paper color yeah. label. And it's everything that I want out of an unaged pot still rum. It's it's interesting that we both gravitated to uh, fresh cane juice rums for this category. Yeah. But to me, there is something about drinking those unaged that just it just fits. You know, just having them on their own. It's it's just it's it's great. It is it is really great if you are lucky enough to find uh, one of those bottles because I don't know how real pervasive that release is or this release. I would say go for it get it and uh, you will be happy i'm gonna come back to to mexico a little later by the way yeah because mexican cane spirits is i i'm i'm fascinated with where that's gonna go but it's a thing oh and before we move on uh you, we had mentioned last episode about the abv and y- your christmas wish well uh-huh. this one's 46.5 percent oh and Man, I speak think in my language. Are, are my, my wishes have already started to come true a little bit? I, I think I think they may have. And, and I'm really, ahead of the game. really happy that they chose to do that because I do feel like that gives it the right boost. And, and it's a, a really I would I would almost say I would say superior product. It's that good. So go for it. Find it. All right, moving on to our next category for the lightly aged, which I'm not sure that is the right term here. I really don't know, but we're just saying we're, when you're aging a rum that is, you know, not, it's hard to put into the same category a 15 or 21-year-old aged rum with a 2 or a 3-year-old aged rum, right? I right. think that that's what we're trying to separate out here. Whether or not it's going to be 4 years or 3 years or whatever, it's in that range we would call a lightly aged rum uh, versus something that's more aged so will i don't know if you have uh more opinions on that but that's what we're trying to do here with the separation yeah i think it's fair to kind of delineate and instead of just doing a catch-all aged category although i will say that my pick for this up to four years um Mm -hmm. section of the aged rum category Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would put it up against plenty of rums that are aged well beyond Mm. the amount of time that that it is all right. So again, and I don't think you were saying it's it's like these rums can't compete with the other ones. Not at um, all. They're just yeah. they're they're different. different. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we're in agreement on kind of the the differences between these two categories and and why we split them up. But but please go ahead and give me your pick for the four years or under age rum category. Okay. So uh, th- this one was an easy one for me. This one was probably the gimme for me and makes sense. And of course, uh, it, Will, you're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking, which is the Homeski Rumcast Fiji <laughs> release. I wasn't sure if you were going to go there or not. I, I chose not to, even though like, I can honestly say that rum was like of course i'm going to remember that rum and it yeah. truly is one of my favorite rums from the past year like i go to it constantly same here for a variety of reasons and i've only grown to enjoy it more i didn't pick it but i'm glad that you did so okay. please speak your piece regarding it 
well, I, I regarding think he, this 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 shameless bit of self promotion. <laughs> well, I, I mean, let's 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 make sure people know. Look, we're we're not receiving anything off of this. We we were involved in the uh, in getting it out there to people right. because we believed in it so much. But we don't get any kickbacks or anything. That's true. So I, I, w- I want to make sure people know that I'm not throwing this out there because there's some sort of uh, incentive tied to us because uh, right. there really isn't. the The thing I wanted to say, which you you've already said, is how quickly I've gone through this one. Yeah. I don't go through a lot of bottles very quickly. I, I, I don't I don't drink a whole lot. I end, I end up opening a lot of bottles because I like to explore, but they, they kind of stay around a long time because I only pour neat pours every so often and we have so much rum in my house that I never go back to the same bottles very often. So this one's an exception because I, I've gone through two bottles of this yeah. and that is very rare for me. But I think the reason is because, number one, it's fantastic, and we've, we've mentioned that. Uh, number two is you can sip it neat, and I love it. I really, really enjoy it. Again, another 46%, Will, exactly. to your Christmas wish. <laughs> and uh, it, it hits that right spot for me of something I can drink and enjoy immensely on its own or... I put it in a simple mixed drink. You know that I'm not a huge mixed drink person or cocktail person, right. but I find that this one stands up enough in mixed drinks that I really still enjoy it. So I do end up using it. Uh, I do love it. I know it's a limited release, but I'm, yeah, I've am yeah, i got to buy more so I can have this in my bar for years to come because I just really enjoy it that much. So Fiji's fantastic anyways, but this one's just a standout for me. Yeah, I, I just, there's not another Fiji rum out there right now that i'm aware of that's like it and yeah. it's just it's it's so versatile and and so delicious so i i yep. can't i can't fault you i i mean if you haven't somehow you've been listening to this podcast and haven't found that bottle you really should try to find it i think uh it, it or find somebody who may have already bought it and get a taste of it because it, it, it is a fantastic uh rum and and I think every Rumcast listener hopefully will be able to experience it if you haven't already very soon. So, all right, Will, moving on to your lightly aged four years or less rum. What do you got? So this is one that I literally just talked about on the podcast a few episodes ago, but I can't help but bring it up again. It's just, John, I have rarely, I've, I've never shared a sample of a rum with someone and then had that person call me on the phone when they tried it (laughs) it was like i i gave a friend the sample of this rum okay we went our separate ways and a few days later out of the blue he called me john how often do you get unprompted phone calls from people in this day and age you know it just doesn't happen yeah yeah. usually maybe usually you'll text and say like hey can i talk to you or whatever yeah and Listen, this is my buddy Andrew. I'm not mad that he called me out of the blue. I I, I loved it. It was great because it happens so rarely. But yeah. to receive an unprompted phone call from a sample that was so good and so yeah. different and interesting that he had to call me and tell me about it. How did he start that call? Was it like with an expletive or... Well, like, the, thing was, the, the thing was, I didn't answer the first call because I was in the middle of doing something. So then okay. he texted me and like, you know, mentioned the sample. Gotcha. And so, okay. you know, then we, we called then back and connected. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. But anyway, I, I won't build this up any further. This is the Nissan single barrel release that I yeah. mentioned a few episodes back. It's uh, a, a barrel selected by Ed Hamilton it was aged for 41 months in French limousine oak. 
Mm-hmm. And it's from the Nissan Distillery in Martinique, bottled at 57% ABV or 114 proof. And, you know, I talked it up a little a few episodes back. And all I can say is I just, there's not another rum like this one in my cabinet. And we were just talking about how much we like drinking unaged fresh cane juice rums. And I think a frequent criticism of some aged fresh cane juice rums is that you sometimes the barrel ends up kind of dominating a lot of those youthful cane juice characteristics. Right. Right. I said it before, I'll say it again. This one to me just like perfectly marries them together. And if you can find one of these bottles, you should grab it because they are fantastic. Again, like I was saying, I would put this rum against rums that are aged much, much longer, which is why I try to reiterate a lot that like age is only a number and it's not, it's not a linear scale of quality. So I've enjoyed this rum just as much as much older rums that I've had throughout the year. So well done, Nissan. Well done, Ed Hamilton for, for picking this barrel. It's, it's a great one. All right, so we're moving on to our uh, next category, which is our aged four years or more. And Will, you're you're going to start us off with this one, right? Yeah, and I'm glad that I get to go first on this one because <laughs> I feel like I might have stolen your pick. No, um, you better actually, not. No, I don't. I don't know if you had the gall to go double self plug with this category because you plugged the Fiji rum rum cast collaboration with, with the lightly aged category. I did this one that I'm picking actually has your name on the bottle. <laughs> so I don't know if that gives it away or not, but it gives it away for me, but <laughs> this, uh, I did not pick that. This is the worthy park WPM mark single barrel that was selected by Florida rum society. I believe your name is on the sticker on the bottle. Jay Cocorulo, former guest mm-hmm, Jay Cocorulo's mm-hmm. name is on there. And I think Brock from Brock. Sarasota Liquor Locker. That's correct. Whom yes. I've never met, but who I've heard about from many people. His name yeah, is on there guy. as well, but yeah. also one John Gulla. And I did not pick this to try to gas you up um, <laughs> or to, to give you extra credit or anything like that. I picked it because it really is just a phenomenal longer aged rum. 13 years old. Like I said, it's all the Worthy Park medium mark, which yep. is a really hard thing to find. It's it's pretty rare to find bottlings that are 100% WPM. That's usually more of a blending component. It's kind of the sort of medium ester level. So very fruity, nice amount of funk. And when you have that that age, there's so many things that happen. There's just so much going on in this rum that (laughs) it's one of those that I can come back to on different nights and like have a totally different experience almost or like, you know, find myself tasting things I didn't taste before. And it's just, it's, it's a great aged Jamaican rum and one of, one of the, the best I had all year. And I, I'm not even halfway through the bottle yet. So I'm just really looking forward to savoring this one. Yeah, it, it truly is a fantastic one. And I, I will make a, 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 well, this isn't controversial in a way, but it is controversial in the sense that I'm going to be interesting with how I'm going to describe this. This is a uh, rum that I think brought me over solidly to being Team Worthy Park over Team mm. Hamden for, gotcha. 
for it. I mean, like, so I'm, you know, I'm building this up as if like I have to choose one, right? Thank God I don't because I love Hamden. I love, honestly, I love a bunch of Jamaican distilleries that make great products, Appleton and, and uh, Long Pond Clarendon. And, but if I had to pick now a favorite, if you forced me, hands right. to the fire to pick a Jamaican distillery that I love the most, I would now say Worthy Park. And that's the rum that kind of like tipped the scales for you. And that's the you. rum, yes, exactly. Yeah. That pretty much says everything you need to know about it. And uh, I'm so glad it's out there in the world and happy that you're enjoying it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm still, uh, again, I, I enjoy all the distilleries, but we've had this Hampton Worthy Park discussion before. And I yeah. I am a card-carrying member of Team Hampton, so I can't pretend that I'm not. But... This 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 Worthy Park rum this year uh, I enjoyed the most so I'm not ashamed to admit it it's great. <laughs> All right, so I'll give you my aged uh, four years or more pick here, and um, I, I will start by saying this is the last time I will be picking a bottle from this brand this year. Okay, um, happened to be in two categories back to back, but I waffled because I didn't really like the idea of doing two Holmes Key releases in a row, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. only because I like to be diverse, not because they don't deserve it. Of course they do. And, sure. and frankly, I came back to it because I was like, no, as much as I want to avoid that, it deserves it. Which one? That's my only question. Which one? Because I had some fantastic Holmes Key age drums uh, there is so There's a lot out there. I'm going with the Holmes Key Mauritius 2005. Ah, uh, okay. That's so. actually one that I haven't gotten to yet. Yes. Uh, so th- I know that there are other barrels out there of Mauritius. Mm-hmm. I'm not really fully understanding of you know the differences and, and all that. But this one was from Texas. And they, I, it got over to me by hook or by crook. And I'm uh, happy for it because it is a fantastic pick of a 16-year-old Mauritius rum that is aged, tropically aged 15 years in ex-cognac casks. And man, is this super super flavorful, super great. It is has a grapefruit note to this, grapefruit mm. maybe rind as well, that I've not found in anything else so far. First of all, it's 100% column still, which I think is fantastic because we like a lot of pot still here and a lot of our, our listeners and rum connoisseurs like pot still. But we talked about their Holmes Key Belize last year, which is 100% column still being one of right. the best rums of the year. And this is a 100% column still rum that's also one of the best of the year by far. It's just a, a an incredible rum selection that I think is... When you taste a rum for the first time and go, wow... Mm-hmm. You know that it's a special one, and it's a memorable one, and that's what happened with me with this one. It, it was a wow moment. Yeah. And I just really enjoy finding flavorful rums that also bring something kind of new to the table. Right. I was going to say there aren't a ton of Mauritius yeah. options in the U.S., so... Right, right. And and this is... I've had only very few Mauritius, but I've never had one, again, with this kind of grapefruit kind of note to it. It's very strong grapefruit note. It's it's undeniable. And I, funny enough, it's actually made in a place called Pamplemousse's Mauritius. Oh, wow. So I guess Gray's is in Pamplemousse's Mauritius. Is it Pamplemousse or Pamplemousse? I don't know. I always said Pamplemousse. I don't know. Pamplemousse? <laughs> I'm not I don't, French. I don't, I don't know. Think it's Pamplemousse. I think that's a species of moose in, in Canada. <laughs> um, I think it's well, Pamplemousse, but maybe maybe one of our more enlightened listeners can correct us. Please let us know. But I do know that that means grapefruit in French, right? I think it's a type of grapefruit. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. maybe it just translates as grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. And uh, it was just funny for me to, to see and, and to taste that. I don't know if there's something to the terroir there or if they're producing a bunch of grapefruits in that area and that adds to the terroir. Maybe uh, so. I, 
I have no clue, but I will tell you that it's a big grapefruit note in there, and it's really, really awesome rum uh, that people should definitely look for and or experience. Well, I, I that's one that's on my list to get to. I know we have some in, in the, the market here in Nashville, so I'm going to get to it eventually. Mm. And uh, yeah, there were... I, I I waffled on the the Homsky I fought release. Yeah, that one was outstanding. It is outstanding. Yeah, but anyway, lots of great okay. rum out there to choose from. But let's let's move on to a fun category: the new to me category, which is kind of like you said earlier, not necessarily a rum that came out this year, but something that you were just finally able to try for maybe the first time and get to know a little bit. So, what was your right. pick here? So uh, I went with um, actually kind of a whole line here. So I had difficulty finding one particular <laughs> I did the same one thing here. Really, did you? Yeah. yeah. Um, one particular one was difficult for me because I, I really enjoy them all, and they're new to me. They're not super old though, and uh, so they haven't been out for a very long time. And I'll just I'll spare the surprise. So this is Kohana, Hawaiian. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, rum. And we, we, we had the benefit of talking with Kyle from Kohana earlier this year yeah. and was very lucky to, to have uh, some of the bottles to, to try both their unaged, their coho aged. It's a, uh, I can't remember how many years, but it's, it's on the, the smaller side. And then some of their others and, and just the differences in their unaged cane juice spirit that really was fascinating to me and I just fell in love with. The differences uh, so, between the various cane varietals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- just super fun to go through as an exercise, but also they're just really good rums. Yeah, uh, they are. I-, I keep going back to them because they're fantastic. And again, I had trouble distinguishing, should I call out the unaged or should I call out the coho, which I really liked, uh, which is they're their aged. And so I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take an artistic license here. And I'm <laughs> saying uh, the new to me is all of Kohana. And if you can find it, uh, try it. it. It is really, really a great product. Yeah, I nearly picked, I, I shared in a previous episode the experience of trying, trying their 100 proof mm-hmm. uh, unaged rum yeah. at the California Rum Festival in San Francisco. I almost picked that for a category we haven't gotten to yet, which is ah. most surprising. So I'll go ahead okay. and spoil it. I, I didn't end up picking that, but that one to me, when I tasted that rum at 100 proof compared to what I'd had before 80 proof, it was like, oh my God, it was, yeah. a, it was a wow moment. So hmm. they're, they're making good rum out there. And I, yeah, I, I love that you picked that. Cool. So moving on to your new to me, what is your new to me? So new to me, this is an interesting one because I had had a little bit of this rum in the past, but I hadn't found the one, the ones that were for me yet. And so what I'm picking is Coroni rum. This was the year that I finally got a hold of some samples of Coroni rums that really spoke to me. And like I said, I'd had a couple in the past, but neither of them really knocked my socks off. Like I got to experience that sort of freshly paved asphalt burning tires kind of thing that comes up a lot with Coroni, Yeah. but not a whole lot about them popped for me. Mm-hmm. And so there were three in particular. And the interesting thing I noticed about these is they were all distilled in 1996 and I should note, like, kind of all these Coroni rums that I've tried before, they came from various Velier releases. So they came from essentially the the large stock of barrels that Velier purchased 
uh, around the time that the distillery closed. And, you know, they've, they've been bottling those and dripping them out ever since. And the way it gets talked about a lot is obviously this is very rare rum because the distillery is closed. They're not making more of it. What's out there is out there. But I think that also creates the perception that like all of those releases are similar and that really hasn't been the case in my Hmm. experience. Like there's, there's a lot of diversity in terms of rums distilled from different years from different stills at the distillery Mm -hmm. and i've had wildly different experiences like from trying one of those velier releases to the other which Mm -hmm. is kind of makes it fun in some ways and makes it super inconvenient in others because like i was saying (laughs) they're all like really limited they're all really expensive and i've had the good fortune of having generous people send me various samples of these. But again, the three that I tried this year, all distilled in 1996. So I don't know if there's something about that year, but one of them was aged 21 years and the other two uh, were aged 23 years. And um, I'll, I'll put in the show notes like the specific bottles that they were. But when I had these, they just blew me away in terms yeah. of how complex they were. Um, how enjoyable they were. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. my my impression of Coroni before this was as this thing that like is extremely challenging and like really that, an acquired yeah. taste. Yeah. And these these three rums had some of that influence I was talking about that Coroni is kind of known for, but it was really tempered with all kinds of like delicious notes. There's one of these I can't remember which one it was, but like I wrote down, it reminded me of these molasses cookies that my mom used to make when i was a kid uh, i even like i had to text her and get the the recipe for them again because i had had them in like over you know 20 years probably yeah and uh yeah so i think my point in all this is don't judge what you think of crony off just one sample because i'm finding that there's like a really wide degree of of variance between what you might experience. And again, it's it's hard to come into contact with these. You have to kind of go out of your way to try them. So right. if you've if you've had a, a not so great experience, don't totally give up. I mean, maybe it's not for you. I mean, you don't have to force it down your throat, but you know, there's okay. there's still hope that you might find one out there for you. I think that's good for me to hear. You and I have talked about this in the past yeah. where I've said I haven't had that good experience with Karani and the, the Caroni. Uh, however Caroni? it's pronounced. Caroni? I've heard both. Caroni? Caroni? I've heard both. Tomato, tomato? The two or three, I think, now that I've tried have all not been for me. But you're right. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, yeah, d- try that and, and, I've and know what to, that's about. I've talked to plenty of people who just don't don't like Caroni rum, which is right. fine. But yeah, I, I think it's good for us to be reminded that yeah. that distillery and many others can have a wide variance of what they're doing. So lumping them all together isn't necessarily always going to be uh, the right thing or, or the same or, you know, cause us to think about it in certain ways. Totally. Um, I think it's interesting as we move into now the new category of the value category. I think I'm so excited about this. I love talking about value rums. You do. I know. And I struggle with this. Because I, I don't think I see it quite in the same way as you, and, and I think that'll be evident in the pick that I'm about to make. So after thinking about it, there's a few that I considered that I think are great rums, but then I always kind of so come wait, back wait, to like... So can, can wait, can we establish yeah. then what we mean by a value rum? Like, how do you how, how did you look at this category? Well, so that that's part of the challenge. Okay. It's when I think value rum, oftentimes I'm thinking just what's the sticker price versus the quality of the rum. Mm-hmm. But... Then there is like, I can consider some rums that are well above 50 or even $100 as still, still a value. A value for what sure. they bring. 
And so that's the part that kind of makes it difficult for me. And I think we probably talked about this in last year's uh, episode uh, when we did this as well. But it's also that kind of a challenge for me of like, we talked about this earlier and in past episodes of like, you know, a 40% rum yeah. is, is good. Uh, but it's not like super great. And, and as we mentioned, I, I don't do a whole lot of mixing. So mm-hmm. I would call out, you know, something like the Don Q7 is pretty fantastic mm-hmm. and a fantastic price. And I considered it for this category. But ultimately, here's what I, I went with. And I went in a different direction, which is the Chairman's Reserve picks for value. Are you talking about Master Selection? Correct. The Master okay. Selection series. Yes. And what I think the value is here is I think, uh, number one, there's a ton of them out there. There's a lot of them different out there, but it also speaks to the versatility, uh, as you mentioned in, in your previous pick, of the the distillery and what they're able mm-hmm. to produce mm-hmm. on the amount of different stills that they have and the amount of different things. And being able to get those component parts on their own and be able to explore them in that way yeah. is, I think, uh, fantastic. I'm uh, glad it exists, and it, it can be a great value. Uh, I'll point out the the Florida Rum Society pick really quick, just because I had a hand in picking that one as well, which was the column still pick. It was, I think, 57% ABV, and I think it's 50 bucks. Wow, and is it that low? Yeah. So to me, that is a steal. It's an absolute steal for what you get. The quality of that rum is fantastic. Hold on a second. I'm having to fact check you because I... You can I, fact check me all you I, want. I, I have to make sure that you didn't hustle me because I purchased <laughs> a bottle of this rum and it's still at your house. It is. Because I haven't I have gotten it, it yet. I have it unopened for you. Uh, which I'm looking forward to. But I remember sending you some money for this and I remember it being more than 50 bucks. So I'm, I'm trying sure to... If you've got a little bucks. side hustle going on here where I'm being would charged be nice. a little I bit been of smart if i did that i don't think i did i am looking it up right now as well just to make sure and see uh 55 is what i'm seeing okay 55 bucks oh and you know why it's because i think when you pre-ordered it it was a five dollar discount so that's why it was 50 bucks initially so it's 55 now is what i have it for at uh jensen's liquors here in miami well that that is a great price for again i haven't i haven't had that rum yet but i'm pretty sure i'm going to like it because i love the master selection rums yeah and you know for the abv for what you're getting there that's a fantastic it, price it really is it's it's a phenomenal saint lucia rum and you could do i mean i haven't had a bad one yet yeah so it's a great way to explore rum and i think at a value one of, one of my favorite rums I had all year was I got a, a neat pour of one of Smuggler's Cove uh, master selection picks when I was yeah. at Smuggler's Cove. Yeah. And it was it was just so good. I just yeah. I didn't want to pick it because I just had that one single serving of it, you know. So yeah. I tried to stick with stuff that I had a little bit more than just one sure. taste of. But right. Yeah. So where are you at with your value pick? Okay. Here? So I it I picked something from the same distillery, and I said I, I know I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I've told people before that my favorite thing from everything St. Lucia Distillers puts out are the master selection picks. But I wanted to pick. I, they also you know started. I think it became available a little bit before 2021, but it definitely became more widely available in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think is it's not a small batch release like it's it's out there it's kind of like a consistent always made the same type okay. release and i think it's really good and it's under 50 dollars. and the one i'm talking about is chairman's reserve legacy which ah. is a <laughs> it's a, a blend of column and pot still rums between five and eight years old 
Part of the blend comes from the fresh cane juice rum that they make at St. Lucia Distillers, in which I feel like really gives it that little bit of something different that you don't get from a lot of their other rums except i do think the 1931 has has some of that in it as well i love the 1931 yeah well here's the thing is so this one is bottled at 43 percent abv which as i said in our last episode love to see it go up to 46 but Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I, i think maybe 1931 is it 46 but this rum is usually around 45 bucks so it's a little bit cheaper than the master selection and it it might be easier to find than a master selection pick depending on where you live. So I view it as a little bit more of like an everyday rum, you know, lower proof. You can just knock it back easy to drink, but still a nice bit of complexity to it. It's kind of like in that sort of, you know, somewhere around the Appleton 12 year sort of vein Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me in terms of like its use case. So I think it's an excellent value. I kind of like, I kind of think I'd rather pay 45 bucks for that than pay twice as much for the 1931, even though the 1931 is older and it's a little higher ABV. I think what this rum gives you at 45 bucks is a great value. And honestly, like I'd kind of rather have it than any of the standard Admiral Rodney offerings, which are I don't know. A lot more expensive. I love those Admiral Rodneys. they, They don't do as much for me. Uh, I haven't Good. tried the legacy yet, so I'll have to have to try it soon. But now nah, those Admiral Rodneys are there's there's something about those Admiral Rodneys. Maybe it's just the bottle. I don't know. I think <laughs> <But> it is. <laughs> I love the bottles, <laughs> and I just I really enjoy every Admiral Rodney release. So I don't know. You lost me there. But well, I, I want you, I, well, I want you to yeah. try it and and come okay. back and, and tell me what you think where where it fits in in the in the the portfolio. But to me, it's it's a standout of that portfolio now and it's the kind of thing where it's like if if someone can't get a master selection release like that's the one i'm gonna tell them to get gotcha well on that note we've got a couple more rum categories so let's get into most surprising rum of the year i'll go ahead and get this one out because it's a rum that i have brought up on the podcast many times but the thing that was there's there's different kinds of surprising rums there's the oh i tried this and it was like I'd never had anything like it, or it was like completely different from what I was expecting. This is a Mm -hmm. different kind of surprise. My surprise with this rum was how much I kept liking it more and more and more throughout the year to the point that it really did become like one of my go-to bottles all year. And I love it. And I was so pleased to learn that it's going to be a constant in the portfolio going forward, okay. which is the Transcontinental Rum Line Australia nice. 2013 release. Yes. So we talked about this rum on our episode with Johan Jobello from TCRL. Um, it's a six-year-old rum, four years in oak in Australia, then two years in cognac barrels in Europe, I believe. And it's just there's something about this rum. I just kept going back to it and I was, my enjoyment of it grew every time. Mm -hmm. Like the first Mm -hmm. time I had it, I was like, oh, this is good. Like I'm satisfied with with this purchase. And I think it was mid like 55 bucks, something like that. It's 48% ABV. It's just, it's a rum for all occasions. And the more I go back to it, it's, it's from Ben Lee distillery in Australia, by the way. Yeah. And it's just Ben Lee has that distinctive thing going on. I always talk about it. It reminds me of like a green melon, like a honeydew kind of thing. Hmm. You, yeah, you bring up, you bring up white mm-hmm. pepper with Ben Lee. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, I just, 
I this I was surprised by just how much I ended up liking this rum as I got closer and closer to the bottom of the bottle. I'm right there with you on this one, and I, I did consider this as uh, for this category. I'm glad I went elsewhere. <laughs> nice, but I, I did because uh, I enjoy it the same as you, and I've found my enjoyment has grown over time with it. I'm insanely jealous seeing the posts on social media of the new the Bentley Velier releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, which I'm sure must be amazing, and I would hope that at some point, maybe in 2022, uh, we can find a way to get some of that over here. It, it, it really is a great, great product, and I, I have that same bottle in my house and i love it yep it won't yep. be my last one so what yep. about you what was your pick for this so i i, I sort of copped out here <laughs> i think to your point i all my other picks i've really spent time with and this one i haven't but it also really when i thought about what was the most surprising rum i tried this year mm-hmm. i really do think it was this one and that is the Foursquare high ester i thought that might be where you were going with that I, yeah. I, i'd be lying if i said i didn't consider it for this category so yeah. please continue I mean, it's it's it is. Uh, I'm so so glad and thankful that we we were able to experience it. It, it does have all the marks of what you would consider a, a, a high ester rum to be if you've had high ester rum before. And yet, as you mentioned, Will, it's distinctly Foursquare, and it's its own thing. And so that is surprising in and of itself. And then it was just surprising that they would do that. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm curious as I talk to more people who have been able to try this rum because I haven't had that many you know face-to-face conversations with people who have had it but i'm i'm gonna be curious to hear if people agree that they feel like it's distinctively foursquare or if that's just you know you and me who, right. who think that i mean i'm sure we're not alone but I, I you know i don't know if it'll be a universal agreement on that or not but yeah so to 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 balance that cop out uh i do want to <laughs> include for this category that although I wouldn't say it was most surprising in a way, I also wanted to include talking about uh, Foursquare's Redoubtable release. Oh, uh, release! Excuse me. Um, because so I, when I mentioned this in the podcast, I don't remember what episode it was a while ago where I said I was not going to buy it uh-huh. because I have like ten bottles of Foursquare at this point, and they're all fantastic. And do I need more Foursquare? <laughs> and you know, once I thought I was out, they pulled me back in, and mm-hmm. I ended up purchasing it. And gosh darn it, if I didn't absolutely thank myself for doing that. <laughs> my my bottle's almost gone. I've reached that stage with it where like I don't want to finish it, you know, yeah. because I want some to have around as a reference, but I also yeah. want to keep drinking it. So, yep. yeah. So, you know, m- the most surprising thing was how much I actually enjoyed Redoubtable, knowing that, I, you know, like I'm thinking, well, I, I've, I've had so much Foursquare at this point. I know what to expect from Foursquare, and yet... Bam, this one hit me just in a beautiful spot where I loved it that much and and kept enjoying it. Do you think that is owed to the Madeira cask influence in that one? If I had to guess, I would say yes. I would say that just uh, the slight variations of Mm -hmm. Foursquare style is what is most enjoyable when you're exploring them. There's that, you know, Nobiliary last year, which I still have on my shelf, I enjoyed, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't count it as one of my top. I know other people are like, think I'm crazy because they love it. But there's, so there's been these other four squares that I'm like, okay, they're, I think that one's actually only ex-bourbon cast now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, So it's not that much different. So maybe it is what you're saying, Will. It's that I like exploring four square, like a riff on four square. It's as if you're playing the guitar and you're playing this riff that you love, but Mm -hmm. you do one note different. Right. And and that makes you if you, enjoy b- you it and bend one it. you hold that bend a little longer yeah. yep. for an extra that beat. little yeah exactly <laughs> yep 
Uh, exactly. So th- add a little tremolo on there. Yeah, it, it's just surprising <laughs> to me that I come back to Foursquare as being so fantastic throughout its different uh, releases. So okay. yeah, we well, go now that. that you're you're through uh, shoehorning two picks into one category <laughs> and cheating in this this thing, <laughs> should we move on to the overall rum? Yeah, we need the drum roll. Yeah, we need a drum roll. Drum roll and post. Uh, I will spend less time talking about this one, and that's partly because you already did. Oh, no. Is this is this the Worthy Park one? It is. The Worthy uh. Park uh, Gemini Barrel uh, is what it's called, the 13-year... Why was it uh, called Gemini Barrel, by the way? Is it because there was two barrels that were similar? Yes. So, basically, it, instead of being a single barrel, it was two barrels okay. uh, that the Florida Rum Society did. And so, you know, at some point, we, we got our, our, our team together, our small Florida Rum Society geeks, and got together and figured out a marketing that we liked for it, I guess, a name. And we came up with Gemini Barrel. So, did you, did, Were the barrels blended? Uh, or, yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yes, I, I'm like trying to recall and so i may have to come back and eat my words but i believe they were two barrel picks that were blended two sorry two barrels that were blended yes. into one gemini barrel. into one gemini right okay uh, well so- as a an actual gemini i will give that the gemini <laughs> seal of approval i don't <laughs> nice. know if you had that yet or not but but now you do I thank gosh you know we did i don't know that we did and i'm a leo so that didn't work uh but but yeah uh, so thank thank goodness you've got your seal of approval on it now. As you mentioned earlier, it's uh, all Worthy Park medium, which is rare. Mm-hmm. It's just everything I would want out of a, an aged Jamaican rum that it brings the heat, the flavor, the spice, the sweet. The, it's all there. It's there in spades. There is not a better rum that I tried this year than that one. And your name's yeah. on the bottle. I mean, that helps. So there you go. That helps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. It's it's entirely a worthy. Oh wow! I didn't ah, even mean to, to ah, do I see the what pun. You did there. I'm trying to resist it. It's a worthy pick for that category. <laughs> All right, so I'm done. We'll go for your your overall. I'm I'm curious to hear what you've picked so far. I haven't been able to to nail down what what are we going with for overall. So I'm gonna stay in the same country, mm. and I am go. I I was not able to get a bottle of this on my own, but I was able to try it multiple times in different settings and i had enough to of it to where i feel confident picking it and trust me if i could get a bottle at retail i would already have it okay this is appleton hearts 1994 yes so this rum to me is right in the sweet spot of it's incredibly delicious but it's also very noteworthy because it's the only time that appleton has ever released a single mark 100 percent pot still rum Mm. um and 94 wasn't the only one there were three initial releases uh and and this was done kind of in partnership with valier by the way which i Mm -hmm. should mention uh they they just announced a couple more releases not too long ago but the initial three that i think really kind of made waves in 2021 and actually they might have started making waves in 2020 they might have done like some pre-release stuff then but um, the three initial ones were 1999, 1995, and 1994. And I was lucky enough to have to share some samples of all of these with some friends who got their hands first on samples and then on full bottles. So, 
you know, the thing that stuck out to me, the the 99 was good, but it was in a, a, a different tier. The 95 and 94 were kind of mm-hmm. in their own tier of excellence mm-hmm. above okay. the 99. And if I spent more time, you know, if I had my own bottles of the 95 and 94, I could probably mm-hmm. come up with a, a, a clearer winner, but I enjoyed them so much that it's essentially a coin flip, but I feel like I enjoyed the 94 a little bit more. But the 94 was a 26-year-old rum, and yeah, just the times I was able to try those were some of my favorite tasting yep. sessions of the year. And it's the kind of thing where it, it's pretty rare that I'll pay more than 150 bucks for one bottle of rum. It's just not something I do very often. But these, these I believe the retail prices on the 94 and 95 were a little north of 200 bucks, um, at yeah. least in a, a few places at one point. And if I could have gotten either of them for retail, I absolutely would have done it. So um, <laughs> that should tell you a little bit about like how good I thought this rum was. And it's just it's just such a noteworthy release also that when I look back on the year, I just think about it right away as one of the most mm-hmm. memorable releases. And the experience of tasting it really lived up to you know what I was hoping it would be. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm of two minds about this. So I recently got to try the 94 Hearts, and a shout out to Kyle at FRS. Thank you for that. That uh, it, we have very generously shared a, a sample of that, and I was able to try it. And it is absolutely incredible. And I agree with you; it is fantastic rum. I didn't get to try the others, mm-hmm. uh, but I will tell you that that one is uh, blew me away with how good it is. Um, I, I have a little reservation about it, and that is, I don't want rum to go the way of bourbon Mm. where these special releases are the pinnacle of the hobby and no one can get them and if you can find them they're six hundred dollars they're a thousand dollars they're two thousand dollars a bottle right and i i only hope that that's not a trend because i want everybody to experience what the pinnacle of rum can be for a distillery and right. so, you know, that is certainly the best Appleton I've ever had. And yeah. I think you probably say the same. Well, the but interesting I, thing yeah. about that, though, is Appleton has released other rums in the past that are significantly more than, you know, 200 bucks at retail. Mm. Okay. Um, and, uh, well, I haven't had a chance. Like, I haven't tried Appleton 50 and, and things like that. But I would wager a guess that I would probably enjoy Hearts more just because it's a little bit more right up my alley sure um in terms of what i look for but yeah. I, I i mean you're you're raising a good point and I, I don't have experience in the bourbon world but i think kind of something that's inherently unavoidable to to any spirits category yeah is that stuff that is rare and limited has the appearance of being the best and you know the the prices get driven up uh, you know collectors come into the picture right and things right. like that that's inevitable and, i get you yeah yeah but but yeah. Uh, like i do like i hope that rum is able to navigate it in a less insane way than the stories i hear from bourbon for sure right where you have to be there at a certain day and it's allocated so you have to be on somebody's you know a seller's like good graces list to even have a shot at buying it and all that stuff i I just i hope that doesn't happen with it and that that's that's my only thought and and it's not to say that apples is the only one that would be you know like doing that or responsible for that and and i'm not saying they even tried to do that with the heart series either i'm just saying that it reminded me Mm. of that scene 
with the hearts and seeing the secondary prices and the 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 hype that came out of like oh my god in florida recently i guess abc liquors got some and it was like you know people had to like run out like right. drop what you're doing and like ah uh, i just uh really don't want that to happen but i do want good product so you For know sure it, it's For a sure. well and i also yeah. think like when you look at the full spectrum of like all the releases that we've talked about on this show of, of ones that, you know, were the standouts to us, right. Our favorite experiences and stuff like that. A lot of them was stuff that like is not that at all. That's true. You know, that is true. Right. So like there's, there's tons of great stuff out there and available and there's always going to be some degree of like releases that are hard to get, but yeah, hopefully rum is able to tackle it in a way that, you know, leaves some room for, for everybody. Yeah, I hope at least it learns from those other spirit categories about what people like and what what to avoid. Agree. All right. Well, should we end things with a quick little run through some of our favorite podcast moments of the year? Yeah. So let's. Uh, I think uh, we did this last time. It's all, almost like a lightning round where we're going to go quickly through these yep. uh, and, and see what our opinions are and then and wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. So favorite interview. And again, like picking favorite interview is like what I would imagine picking a favorite child is like we had so many great interviews this year, but one that stuck out in my mind is just being so fun when we did it was our interview with St. Lucia distillers. We talked to Margaret Monplazy and Denny Duplazy and it was a great blend of, you know, Denny is the master blender. Uh, Margaret is the CEO. Um, She's been there for a very long time. And so it was getting to talk to people who, A, are just fun to talk to, but B, like really have their hands and like Mm -hmm. the the heart of the distillery. Right. um, And are, you know, they're they're, they're on the ground, they're they're driving the decisions and, and stuff like that. So it really hit that sweet spot for me. It was it was a great conversation. It was one of the most fun of the year, for sure. I still recall that at this point, just having so much fun talking to them. Yeah. All right, my, my, my favorite interview of the year, interestingly, another one I would say was fun, but maybe for a different reason, was Lance Saruj Bali. Yes, uh, the I considered Caner. this one. Yeah, I enjoyed that episode so much because we we do talk to a lot of you know people involved that, like you said, have their hands in making the rum yeah. and or are representative of a distillery or brand, and Lance is none of those. Lance is a guy, a dude who loves rum, He's uh, the lone caner. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he was less lone that day when we talked to him. Uh, and and I hope we get a, a chance to to talk to him again in the future because I, I really I do think too. He, he has a way of talking about things or expressing himself both in word and I thought in verbal when we talked to him. He He's just an interesting person to talk to. He has good insights and I think really is just a, a person who brings something to the conversation in a fun way yeah uh, i mean also way. just his his breadth of rum drinking experience right i would say dwarfs both of ours yeah. um he just he's he's so knowledgeable and he has a real joy with rum that i exactly. pick up so much in his it writing and mm-hmm. you pick it up talking to him in person so yeah i mean we've we've been messaging with with lance you know pretty frequently and we're always you know talking yeah. about we got to find ways to get you back on the show so <laughs> we'll have to do that uh, we will in 2022 year. more yeah. more lance more lone caner more lone uh, caner yes uh most surprising moment 
So uh, I'll go quickly with this one. Uh, another really fun episode that I really enjoyed uh, earlier this year was uh, Christelle Harris from Hamden. Yes. And I will never forget her turning around when her grandmother walked in <laughs> on the interview and, hi, Grandma. And uh, for us now interviewing uh, Grandma Christelle Harris uh, yeah. uh, on I, the show. I think Christelle remarked that she had her curlers in at the yes. time. Um, that was definitely a moment that I considered as well. That was, that was, I mean, I think that interview was like two hours. So anytime there's an interview that long, you know, like it was a, it was a good conversation and that, that was, that was a great one for, for me, for most surprising, it wasn't a single moment that I picked, but one Mm -hmm. of the most surprising interviews to me all year was our, this is what I hinted at earlier. It was our conversation, um, with Francisco Terrazas from Paranubes, Mm -hmm. um, just, I was pretty blind to the sheer breadth of and history of Kanju spirits in Mexico until we did that interview and just realizing that there's so much more to that category yeah. in both what's out there and how far back the history goes. Mm. Um, it really opened my eyes. So that, that, was, that was a surprising interview. All right, moving on now. Most want to interview in the future? Have you thought about this, Will, enough? Uh, I have. So to, to close it out, someone I'd really like to interview at some point, this ties into another one of my earlier selections, but I want to talk to someone who had direct involvement or you know, firsthand knowledge and experience of the Coroni distillery oh, in its heyday. Okay. Yeah. Because that I, would be fascinating. I, yeah, yeah. I just I I haven't heard a lot of firsthand accounts about mm-hmm. you know what the distillery was like, what making yeah. the rum was like, and I'd love to talk to someone. So yeah, if you're so out need there, to say, if you're listening, e- and exactly. you have any experience, email us at host at rumcast.com, please. Uh, or if you know someone who does, and you would uh, recommend <laughs> right. that person to, we need to try to get a hold of. Yeah, let us know. Okay, uh, my, my most want to interview, following along the same lines of a concept, I really want to try to find those distilleries that we can shine a light on across the world that are making rum that is starting to find its way to the surface, um, but maybe haven't been largely or well-known yet. So I'll yeah. give you an example of one, Takamaka from the Seashells. Oh, yeah. I know that they've, uh-huh. they've recently released a La Maison Valier release, I believe, um, I think it was a Habitation uh, Valley release, yeah. Right. Talking to them, I would love to get a chance to... Uh, I know I haven't had a chance to to find any of their product. I don't think it's in the U.S. market yet, but I hope it's coming here, and I, I want to find those type of smaller distilleries that are producing some great product. Another one might be somewhere like uh, Nine Leaves from Japan. Yeah, we've, we've talked about... Yeah. Uh, that, that's been on our list for a while, so... Yeah, yeah. so... And I know there's a number of them, and I'll, I'll spare the details with the rest of them, but yeah, those those kind of uh, distilleries are are definitely something I'm looking forward to finding some people from. If you're listening to the podcast and you know of some other ones that you think we should cover, please uh, let us know. Give us some names so we can get in touch with these people and we can give them the the full treatment, as it were, and find out more. Um, <laughs> yeah, you think you're going to scare people away? That sounds like we do something really weird <laughs> okay. with our guests. So it's a normal interview. It's a fun rum related conversation. <laughs> Nothing more. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that I, I love that pick and I, I concur. So I think, Hey, we made it to the end of 2021, uh, a full what a year, year of Rumcast podcasts and the books and looking forward to doing a lot more in 2022. Um, we've got, we've got some cool stuff planned and thank you 
once again to to everyone for listening. Yeah, we've grown a lot in terms of audience this year, which is is great because I mean we're really just hoping to reach more people and you know get rum in in front of more people and exactly. you know grow the appreciation of this wonderful category. So right. thank you everyone for you know coming along for the ride and uh, thanks to you, John. Yeah. It's been it's been great talking having someone to regularly talk rum with is is wonderful. I fully agree. And I, I think as this year and even last year, they've been some rough years for a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. We've all had our different experiences with COVID and, and how that's affected our lives. But having a chance to talk something I love uh, with someone who loves it just as much as I do and many others as we do when we talk to them yeah. uh, really is a great outlet. And uh, as you said, Will, thank you all so much for, for listening and for coming along on that journey with us and hopefully getting more and more people to experience the joy of rum as it is absolutely well until next year uh you can always reach us host at rumcast.com john they can also message us on social media where can they find us there we are at the Rumcast. That is T H E R U M C A S T. Wow, that was fast spelling. And you can find us there on any of our social media outlets, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube now as well. So please find us. Let us know what you're looking for. Give us a shout out. Let us know what you're drinking. What are you finding interesting? All of those things are things we love. And um, thank you for contacting us through there. And of course, as, as Will mentioned, host at rumcast.com. If you got That's something right. specific, you want to talk about the old-fashioned way oh we will talk in 2022 all right thank you all so much and we will see you next year happy new year everyone happy new year